Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. The following is a presentation of the Force Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Force Center podcast feed, and this particular episode is one of our deep dives, our back to tanks of talk. We are going to soak into Luke Skywalker's Adventures in Attachment. I'm Joseph Scrimshaw. I'm Ken Napsock, here for the Back to Talk, which I think is now just at the top of the Star Wars food chain. Back to, <laughs> back to tanks and back to fluids. It's, they finally got their due. Yeah, black, back to water balloons, back to balloons that you can just throw at people to heal them. Oh, that'd be great. 
A fight that heals is so much better than a fight that hurts, isn't it? Uh, We're very excited. Uh, I don't mean to speak for you, Ken. I'm excited. I assume you're excited about Mm. this this topic uh, that's been raised by the Mandalorian. It has caused people a lot to talk about uh, Luke Skywalker's choice that he offers to Grogu, about the Jedi in general, so and their rules to attachment, all that stuff. We're excited to get into that as soon as we tell you. That today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash forcecenter. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player, or all of them, if you've got one of everything. Uh, this week, we are recommending Midnight Horizon, the latest High Republic adventure by Daniel Jose Older. You can download your free audiobook today by going to audibletrial.com slash forcecenter. And one more time, audibletrial.com slash force center for your free audiobook and we still have more offering to do right ken we do we have another offer indeed inside editions publisher of a ton of great star wars books is offering 35 percent off across their website if you use this special link inside editions.com slash discount slash fc35 this week we're recommending the inside editions book jedi artifacts again use the link inside editions.com slash discount slash fc35 yeah, and this is a really good one to recommend for our topic. <laughs> yes, it is. If, if you're feeling like, I'm not sure about those Jedi. Have they mostly done bad things? Have they done some good things? What is their their true history? Well, you got this fold-out book of artifacts uh, to reconnect with the Jedi. So uh, we're going to dive into our main topic, Luke Skywalker's Adventures in Attachment. Uh, this is really being spurred by Chapter 6 of Boba, a Book of Boba Fett, where we get to see... A young Jedi, Luke Skywalker's early steps toward building a Jedi school. He offers a young Grogu a choice to continue his Jedi training or return to his friend, the Mandalorian. After Chapter 7 of Book of Boba Fett, we know that Grogu did indeed choose Din Daddy Jaren. Uh, but this has raised a ton of questions and discussions about Luke's guidance, about the Jedi's approach to attachment, if Luke is repeating the mistakes of the past, if the Jedi are just inherently flawed, all of those complex interwoven topics. So we wanted to dive in. And Ken, I, I just really want to start uh, with the big picture of the Jedi, and then we're going to uh, slide into Luke's journey. Let's... um. I want to look at it from the big picture and, and make sure that uh, I know what you feel. So sometimes fans feel that the Jedi are inherently flawed, at least as a structured organization. What is your take on it? Uh, I know. I, I'll tell you what, I get that. And, and, and to answer your other question, I'm excited and even nervous and, 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 and very quizzical uh, about this discussion we're about to have this discussion I think there's some anger at Luke that's unwarranted, but this discussion overall is one of those Star Wars topics that I'm like, I don't know. I like your point. I like your point. Let's see where we can find out. And it kind of moves and it's about the character's point of view and the experience and where they are at that time. And so I love having those discussions, especially when I don't necessarily feel I have all the answers. In regard to your question here about the Jedi and Jedi Order and the Je- uh, the Jedi just inherently flawed, uh, no, no, I don't think they are. <laughs> I really don't. I think they're just up against something uh, that is uh, just, it's a tremendously difficult undertaking. Uh, whether you want to call it a pure and righteous path or just the simple thing of doing the right thing. 
And the best ways to approach that and the best ways to look at it and certain ways, uh, you know, paths, uh, uh, rules, whatever you want to say, sometimes they are constricting. Sometimes they need to be updated. But at the end of the day, you and I have this belief of uh, the Jedi are just trying to do some good things in the galaxy. So I'm always going to side with them, at least go into the conversation, siding with them in in just in a positive way and then go from there on what I feel. So are they inherently flawed? No, I think they're inherently trying to do good. (laughs) <laughs> They're inherently trying to do good. I like that. And I love that you uh, took a step back to to look at the bigger picture of kind of uh, where you're starting emotionally with the Luke discussion. Because uh, I think that's part of the reason I wanted to have this discussion is I see uh, I see some takes that I disagree with, uh, but then mm-hmm. I see a lot of takes that I agree with. Like, yeah, no, that is a mistake that Luke might be making. So I think I agree a lot of the sort of the criticism of Luke, but then it also kind of comes with almost this uh, attachment, ironically, that, is and that's why Luke and the Jedi are failures. Like, well, mm. failure. I get defensive uh, for my old friend yeah. Luke Skywalker. Of like, I think he is an incredibly well-meaning, noble, kind person who's making really difficult choices, and maybe they're not always the exactly correct choice. But I feel like uh, within the criticism, there's uh, almost some like, <laughs> hey, let's go a little bit easier on Luke. He's trying his best. A hundred percent. You said defensive and it's not always the best spot to have a Star Wars conversation in, but I think you and I are being honest. I, in the last couple of weeks, I've been like, you know, not even just about discourse, but even uh, conversations with friends of like, lay off the dude. <laughs> lay off him. Yeah. Oh, like, come on here. And, and, and how much of our own baggage, and this is, you know, you and I talk about how much we get out of Star Wars personally, especially even as I get older, Star Wars becomes this, um, template for how I want to try to live or change my change things in my own life. That's really uh, one of the reasons to keep coming back to this podcast table, but also on the the flip side is just kind of, uh, I don't know. It's what do you, what's your own baggage bring when, when you're watching Luke put that decision before Grogu and you get upset at Luke, Maybe that's a good starting point to look at how, why does that upset you as a person? Uh, and sometimes Star Wars is just on the surface and sometimes a lot of people might be listening and watching for that. But I think what we're here for, the deeper dives are about, hey, what is this reflected about yourself? And what can you learn about yourself by struggling with Luke's decision instead of just throwing Luke in the fires and saying, die, Luke, die? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think that's really good. And I think it's uh, really honest. It's uh, good, good for us to be honest that uh, we are trying to work through our own thoughts and feelings with this uh, discussion as well, both in terms of how we feel about the story of Luke, how we feel about the story of Star Wars, but how we feel about our own life goals and uh, inspirations that we might get from Star Wars. Yeah. And I think for me, like I get a lot of the criticisms. I agree with it. The thing about some of the the big picture Jedi discussion is, you know, I, I've seen tweets that they're sometimes tongue in cheek. And I think sometimes people just mean them of like, yeah, of course, the Jedi are bad. They're a cult that kidnaps children. Right. <laughs> uh, like, yeah, I get the joke. Uh, and I think that this is where Star Wars is kind of uh, it is mythic fantasy storytelling. And it's this mm. tale of this, uh, you know, monk like uh, which draws from so many different cultures, a uh, group of people who really believe in this all-powerful force and really want out of that connection to this all-powerful force they so want to build a a good and just world and be the best uh people that they can be and so like while i can open to the criticisms i i feel like just kind of painting with that sort of very real world brush you know mm-hmm. uh, takes away i think like what the, the big picture ideas are uh of yeah. the jedi 
Yeah, yeah, and I, I don't mean this to sound grumpy. I, I'm not. I'm doing this in spirit of fun too. But sometimes I'm like, hey, 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 Je- Je- Jedi aren't real. Uh, <laughs> Luke's not real. Uh, that decision Grogu had to make wasn't real, and that can be cynical and undercut. You're either way you're interacting with the show. I know that, but but I think sometimes again, it's just what we always talk about: engage with the stories, with the, the story that's presented to you. Just means what is the the moment? What is the characters? What is the, the, that that episode? communicating to you and asking you to think about in your own life. And I think that's where I go back initially to the, the start of my little rambles here is uh, it wasn't just about Grogu and the decision he had to make. It was, what does that mean for your life? And and, and I think that's where I especially get defensive, but just like, calm down. It's fiction designed <laughs> to uh, teach you something. What, what, what do you want it? What, what, what do you want to teach you? Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think uh, maybe that is where some of my strong feelings come from is over the years uh, recently, I've always loved the Jedi. Um, you know, they're, in the original trilogy, they're really presented as, as heroes uh, in a lot of their philosophy is laid out, particularly in Empire Strikes Back. Uh, but in these recent years of talking about it, I've just got a lot of strength from the philosophy of the Jedi and what they're trying to do. So uh, when we do our Clone Wars report, uh, uh, where we're analyzing the Clone Wars animated series, we talk a lot about justice for the Jedi because the Clone Wars era is the one where they are making mistakes. So I really like watching the episodes and go, well, why did they make that mistake? What were they trying to do? Mm -hmm. And I think Mm -hmm. that's where I really come to it when I talk about justice for the Jedi of, to me, the story of the Jedi is that they aspire to walk a very difficult, very noble path and yes, they stumble, sometimes a little bit and sometimes hugely with dramatic and awful consequences. Yeah. But I don't want it to just be all about the stumble. I want it to be about they aspire to walk this very difficult and noble path. Um, I, I think a couple of very specific things is this great idea of, well, we have this power. We can connect with the force and it, it, it that gives us a power that can help others. So we feel a responsibility to use the power that we have and hone it and use it to help others. But within that, we don't want to reach for more power. We don't want to be greedy. We don't want to be about hoarding power. We just want to use what we happen to have been given, right? Uh, And I think like the High Republic storytelling is really, really great about showing Jedi wanting absolutely to be full individuals who can use the force best when they absolutely know themselves. So there is this balance where they want to be totally full individuals who value the idea of the individual, but they want to be all about serving others of like, yes, I have value. Yes, I matter. But part of what my value comes from is what can I do to help other people? How can I serve the larger whole? That that is a noble and difficult path. And then when you get into like the attachment stuff, you know, I think sometimes it can just disappear into uh, they're not supposed to get married or have best friends or have sex. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, uh, there's a bunch of gray areas and there's a bunch of discussion there. But I feel like the overriding philosophy is, yes, they, they're they supposed to have compassion for everyone. They can even have compassion for specific individuals in their lives. What the attachment thing to me is about is, but you can't become so attached to someone else that your love of them becomes about yourself that because that it becomes not about loving them and helping them but it becomes about you not being able to process that anything bad could ever happen to them and then using your power in ways that are selfish and greedy and not for the whole but rather to protect yourself from pain 
and pain is inevitable. And that is that to me is what it's about. And I think the Jedi make a lot of mistakes within that, but that's what it's about. Yeah, fear of loss being something huge we're definitely going to discuss. You mentioned the High Republic stuff. Don't want to get too far down that path because there's so much to discuss. But I love the way they're answer, or dealing with and trying to find answers to these big questions as Jedi. Uh, is it, isn't it Vernesta Rowe that has that kind of question of, well, we have this great power. We could, we could end this conflict now, right? Like, like He-Man, we have the power. Let's go do it. <laughs> what does that mean? And how's the best way to do that? Even Bel Zedivar, who when we first meet him, He's uh, connected to his charhound, who doesn't love a pet, who's not attached to their pet, but also names his spaceship, something he wasn't necessarily supposed <laughs> to do. And he's dealing with how, what is a real emotion? What are you, you know, putting yourself before that emotion? It's fascinating stuff. I love that the High Republic is trying to, uh, you know, uh, deal with uh, those bigger questions that the Jedi themselves are like, not quite sure. Let's figure this out. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think that, it is such a difficult path. And I think that the High Republic is just so rich for diving into these issues. And I think, you know, those authors all love Star Wars and have been around these issues of attachment and uh, are, are, what are Jedi's noble goals and what are their flaws. So they're playing with them in really interesting ways. But I feel like even if you, you kind of uh, ignore some of that great storytelling and, and focus on, you know, like the primary Skywalker saga, yeah. it's uh, that the Jedi do have these noble intentions. They stumble. And then sometimes they, you know, hide on a planet or an island <laughs> for years and beat themselves up about it because they care so much and because they're trying so hard. Mm. But then in moments of great crisis, I think um, they rise up and they defend against the darkness. And I think that's what gets lost sometimes in the discussion of criticisms of what's the point of us? What do we mm -hmm. ultimately do? Well, the the dark side is greedy and the dark side tries to consume and take everything. And the point of the Jedi is to sit there and wait until there is a moment that it is crystal clear that a, a greedy, negative power is trying to consume other people's power, identity and, you know, agency. And the Jedi stands up with their lightsaber and blocks it and defends the light, defends the balance. I've, that's what I so connect to of like, that's what the Jedi are trying to do. They make lots of mistakes, but that is so pure and so noble of, of just wanting to stand up and be uh, the shield between, uh, you know, people and pain in, in darkness. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, obviously you have to accept pain as I was talking about, but uh, mm -hmm. you know, that lashing out of, of uh, you know, malignant forces. And yeah. I think that for me, that's, that's what Loris and Tekka's line in the force awakens is about is mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. without the Jedi, there can be no balance in the force. To me, that's what he's talking about of without somebody to like keep the darkness at bay, it's going to wash over everything. Yeah. It's, sorry. Go, that Loris and Tekka moment is great because it, it kind of, uh, it, we're all uh, excited and we're being reintroduced to star Wars in 2015 for some folks being introduced to Star Wars, And that line comes up and I remember some of the discussions around it and, even with my journey then with it of just like, I think we, a lot of times we're focused on those two, uh, those two teams, Jedi and Sith and the Jedi need to destroy the Sith to find balance when really it's about light and dark, which will exist uh, and does exist outside those two organizations and those two uh, ways of life. So I love Lord Santeca's line now more than ever of what it means. That's the Jedi's role to stand up for the light against the darkness. And that might be first order Sith or otherwise. Uh, so that line becomes very important. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, that's kind of big picture thoughts on uh, <laughs> uh, we think the Jedi have flaws, but uh, but we think that they're trying to do the right thing. Is that fair, Ken? 
Yeah, I summed it up too in my notes of hate the game, not the player. <laughs> uh, perhaps we should begin our conversations with your your pithy encapsulations. Uh, so moving on, how and why do you think the Jedi failed during the prequel era specifically? What what did they do wrong and what could they have done differently in that specific era where they had their great failure? Uh, let's start with one of uh, uh, you and I have kind of a collective favorite point. Palpatine's pretty good at what he does. <laughs> a little bit of manipulation going on. Yeah, a little bit of there. He was playing that side of them that he that he knows that they have to act. That's their duty. And so because of that, I, I boil it down. Hey, I just made some wordplay accidentally there. Uh, they couldn't tell the water was boiling. They're in the mm. middle of it. And these slow compromises in the name of peace and justice pushed push them into, into a corner uh, that they they had to take rank in an army and lead an army that is against um, a lot of things that they were uh, maybe taught to believe and should believe. And and therefore, it wasn't this big, giant mistake. I'm fascinated by that. And that's, again, why you and I love uh, diving into the Clone Wars even more. I've just seen the Jedi, the Jedi the fall of the Jedi is happening years before it actually happens. Right. And, and it's mm-hmm. fascinating to look along the ways uh, and see Ahsoka's relationship with it. Lessons she has Anakin as he struggles with it. Uh, and it really highlights some of maybe those inherent flaws in this system, not the players, but the game. Uh, uh, so that's what I go to just the water slowly boiling and they're in the middle of it because that's where they need to be. And they're always going to be in that water. They just didn't know it was killing them. Yeah, I think that's very well said. I think for me, the the prequel uh, era is about, uh, you know, fear versus hope, like a lot of Star Wars is. And I think the prequel tale is lots of people and organizations giving in to fear. It is Anakin's uh, tale of giving into his fear of loss and that fear turning into anger and rage and being trapped in that dark side circle. I think what Palpatine ultimately engineers for uh, the people of the Republic is that classic fear of the other. Uh, we need to be so strong and so militant because this other is coming for us. And when people are cheering a galactic empire, it's uh, out of fear, right? Mm-hmm. And I think the Jedi are seeing the galaxy change around them. And I think they are giving in to, to fear that they are going to lose control, that they aren't going to be able to stop it. I think they're seeing uh, the Senate becoming more corrupt, right? But mm-hmm. they're kind of trapped because... They don't want to grab for power. They don't want to get in there and, and and say, well, no, actually, the Jedi should take over, right? They see that that greed as kind of a a way of the galaxy is uh, is spreading with things like the Trade Federation, uh, you know, invading Naboo. I think they sense the dark side uh, uh, is growing, and and they're trying to figure out how to deal with that. And in response, I think we're. Jedi at their best are like, we have these rules, but everything should always be questioned. Everything should be, always be meditated on. We should we should look at every idea to reinforce, do we really believe that? Or is this a time where maybe, you know, more strength is, is bending? Mm. And I think they start to lose that strength to bend and they start to become much more rigid about the rules to, to feel more safe when they're, they're surrounded by this encroaching dark side. Uh, love, love that. Love attaching it to kind of this over, over, um, overarching idea of fear. I, I put this note of, uh, go with me here. It's kind of, kind of in a weird way. I think the Jedi were attached to an, an ideal of what they felt the order should be versus what it needed to be right there. Mm-hmm. Yoda's advice to Luke, your mind that uh, your mind needs to be where you are right now, buddy, right, right here, right now. <laughs> Uh, and, and the Jedi had a lot of, uh, I love, I love what you said there, but uh, the rules is a shield. Um, cause it's gotten us to this far 
uh, and uh, I think I think they're just attached to that attachment, that kind of attachment. That's that, that's the bigger attachment versus, you know, maybe you want to date someone down the hall, uh, <laughs> and and that 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 led to it. That led to the destruction too. The, the ability to adapt and change. That's uh, great. Yeah, and I think we just see that arrogance uh, on screen, and you know, uh, sadly, uh, a lot of it is poor Kiati Mundi, <laughs> where you know uh, oh, the Sith couldn't return. Uh, Dooku is not; uh, he, he can't possibly be a Sith. He's a political idealist. Uh, Mace is in there too with some of his uh, proclamations and all that. Um, but we see that sort of that a little bit of arrogance slipping in there too, which I think is a no. We know we know how things are, you know, um, mm-hmm. it, and so not questioning or bending as much. Um, but then I, I totally agree with you on like the very, very practical, right? That there's sort of um, some uh, cultural rot getting into the the Jedi Order. But the great mistake is engaging in the war, right? Yoda knows it's a mistake, but he still goes along with it. And I think this is where, for me, I really love the story of aspiring to something noble, but falling from it, right? Mm-hmm. The Jedi see their mandate is... We uh, stand up against the darkness. Uh, the the principal darkness that we have fought over the ages is the Sith who want to take over the galaxy. One of our own, Count Dooku, turns out he is a Sith Lord. Mm. We've confirmed it, and he's attacking the galaxy. So it's our mandate to stop Sith Lords, and it's our mandate to defend, right? And here is this Sith Lord leading half the galaxy or more in this uh, this manipulated Separatist movement, and they're attacking the people that we've promised to protect, right? Mm-hmm. So I think they managed to see it as their mandate. Stop Sith Lords, uh, defend innocent people from attack. Uh, but I think within all that, they just they they are playing the wrong game, right? That they are totally blinded to. In my opinion, ultimately, what they should have done is like there's there are too many questions. If the government chooses to to make an army and send them out there, go for it. We've got a Sith Lord to find. Yeah. That's what we should be doing. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think they thought they were doing the right thing, even though Yoda like seemed to know from the get-go of like, no, this is just gonna maybe we can maybe we can pull ourselves out of it. Maybe we can wrap it up quick, but yeah, nothing good ever comes from a huge war. Yeah, no, and in that question the Jedi are asking themselves during the time of the Nile, uh, you know, what if we just all Chased the, the Nile down, Avar Chris uh, sh- uh, searching for the eye of uh, the, the the storm or going for the Drenjir. Like, we have these great skills. We are these monk wizard warriors. Let's use it to uh, snuff this out uh, quick. And that, that maybe is not a bad thought because, you know, you, you might get some uh, peace after that. But but the cost along the way is something that you have to weigh. And I just think you're right. I, I, you know, I'm tying it to growing up, growing up Star Wars, uh, a book we all could write probably, um, <laughs> you know. You meet Obi Wan Kenobi for a lot of us. Again, a lot of you, a lot of you have different entry points into Star Wars. We speak from ours, but we try to be open to all entry points. Uh, you meet Kenobi, and he's this great wizard warrior that that's here to kind of mentor and save the day until it's Luke's time. And, and it's General Kenobi served in the Clone Wars, and it's like, oh yeah, that's this great hero. That's what you're supposed to do. And I haven't heard Yoda say, "Wars not make one great yet." Mm-hmm. And so come back to the prequel era when it would, I never questioned it, Joseph, in the early 2000s. I, I, this discussion, I would have been like, no, absolutely. You know, I used to make jokes that the Jedi were the bad guys to my friend to kind of <laughs> take them off. Um, but like, you know what I mean? Like them being generals was like, yeah, well, yeah, because I grew up hearing that. And so there they are. What a great thing. 
not realizing that that thing, that duty that they felt they had to do, and maybe they should have done, um, was the was the fall, right? Was the crack in the foundation. Uh, I'm fascinated with that over and over over time. Yeah, yeah, and I think it's it it gets framed really well by the prequel era in it comes up again and again in star wars of jedi have this great debate of we just kind of want to preserve the balance we don't want to grab for power we don't want to overextend or you know get involved in things that that don't need us to be involved we want to let things flow and let people do their thing uh but then the danger of that is like well what if you just kind of sit there in your tower far away from everybody meditating uh so then it becomes this battle of when do you act when does taking an action uh, is absolutely needed to help people. And when will it just make matters worse? And all of that funnels into uh, that great scene we recently discussed in Rebels where Yoda just explicitly tells Ezra, hey, the whole Jedi thing is 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 uh, figuring out how to fight. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of times the answer is like, yeah, you have that great power, do something. And I feel like the prequel story is they needed to do something uh, but they chose the wrong answer to how to fight. I love looking at Phantom Menace and, and jump in here, Joseph, if, if, if I'm on the right mm-hmm. path, but, but looking at Phantom Menace of, of Qui-Gon Jinn's line of, you know, I, I, I can protect you. I can't find a, fight a war for you, which is something we hear time and time again. Um, and then when the war happens, the Battle of, of Naboo, Obi-Wan and, and, and Qui-Gon are there, very clearly there, but they're not leading it, right? Nope. Padme, it's Boss Nass. It's the natural order of things. It's the Gungans connecting with the Naboo, Naboo uh, uh, connecting with the Gungans after they forgive them for what are the trespasses. Uh, Padme bowing before them, humbling herself. All those wonderful things we love to celebrate. And I think about it more and more of just like the fight, as we know, was Qui-Gon jumping in to protect the fate of Anakin. Uh, to uh, focus more on that uh, angle and how I think over time, back in 99, I just saw it as one big fight and the Jedi are there helping. I couldn't understand why Qui-Gon was saying, I can't fight a war for you. Well, clearly you're fighting it. <laughs> and and now to see it and break it apart and see see Phantom Menace as a template for that. And even when Qui-Gon, Qui-Gon goes and it's, it's, it's detrimental to Anakin's future, uh, maybe even Obi-Wan, it could have been detrimental to the Jedi Order. Yeah. Yeah, because I think Qui-Gon is somebody who is very clear on like, yep, no, move forward, take actions, make decisions, uh, but be very mindful of what they are. And I think, yeah, I think that is such a great example of, you know, knowledge and defense. Uh, Padme comes up to the plan and he's like, cool, great. Um, Here, I I have some thoughts. You're going to do what you're going to do. It's your planet. I'm not getting involved with that. I'll literally defend you. I'm literally walking through that hangar, blocking shots until a problem that screams, Jedi problem pops up <laughs> and then it's literally we'll take off her robes and handle this and Padme's like you're right that's totally a you problem we'll take the other way the doors just open and the dark side is there to consume all this mm-hmm. is you got this literally to kill Padme right move against the Jedi first and then you have no problem with the queen um yeah so I think that's a, a great way to to look at it in action in a main Skywalker saga film yeah so uh, let's get into uh, the prequel era Jedi's and their relationship to attachment. This is the how we as uh, their ideas of attachments in the original trilogy, but using the explicit word attachment uh, and seeing the Jedi philosophy in action, it, it's really the Phantom Menace, the prequels that we get into this. Do you think that the uh, prequel era Jedi that their approach to attachment was wrong? Do you think their approach to attachment is even partially responsible for Anakin's fall? In the Jedi's defense, uh, I, the, the the rule had had never led to this kind of fall before in 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 my mind, and and 
maybe someone's got an old Republic example, isn't that, but, but none of it holds candle to Anakin's fall led to the destruction of the Jedi order and the Republic, right? <laughs> it's, a, it's a pretty bad fall. That's a pretty bad fall. And the Jedi maybe ha- at that point hadn't dealt with it yet. We've got prophecies. We've got other stuff. Again, there could be little examples along the way. But to me, in my mind, that's scoreboard Palpatine. He destroyed. He won. Um, so I just say that in their defense because I, I do think – I don't think they're wrong about attachment in theory. I really don't. I really don't. I just, again, think they held to a strong rule that right from the beginning is is really affecting Anakin that he wasn't – it wasn't we you and I've talked before about we haven't sent, seen all the training of Anakin, but just that he wasn't allowed to maybe express his feelings or maybe it's that idea of, hey, I'm feeling this. Well, don't. Mm-hmm. And and I sometimes worry about that and think that was some of the mistakes. I love Mace Windu because I love Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah. I want more Mace Windu, Windu content in the past and I don't want him to come back, but, you know, whatever. I want more Mace. But he makes some mistakes, man. He also, I think, is very perspe- perceptive and knows some stuff. Yeti Monday, we pick on a lot because he's he's the poster child for uh, uh, a lot of mistakes. But um, I just think they were doing what they had done, and then this this is a special case, and it really highlighted again the cracks in the foundation. Yeah, I, I really uh, I tend to agree with that. I think the philosophy that Yoda presents is accurate in Phantom Menace, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That you know, fear leads to anger, uh, the fear of losing somebody, and if you lose them, then you want to lash out at whoever you think is responsible, or if you can't find someone who's responsible, you just lash out in general, and anger leads to hate, and hate leads to suffering, and uh, Yoda's like, sorry, uh, everyone, spoilers for the rest of the trilogy, right? Uh, he's not wrong, but I think where the Jedi are at fault to me is uh, this idea that we are here to care about everyone. And for me, they can they could impart the same wisdom without becoming as cold and distant as they did, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think for me that those scenes with Anakin is, you know, it could have been a warm, like we understand how, how hard it must be at, at your age to leave your mother and be sure that you're, you know, worried about her. But this is, uh, you know, our philosophy, you know? Uh, but it it is, it's almost attacking him of like, you know, you know, yeah. we see you, <laughs> you know, yeah. and I think that it, I love my, my old pal Kenobi, but I feel like, you know, he is just trying to get Anakin to follow the rules. I think he thinks so highly of Anakin. I think he loves him like a brother, uh, but he's just trying to get him to follow the rules, just follow the rules. And I think, uh, I don't think the Jedi are responsible uh, but I think a more warm and caring approach to Anakin would have helped, you know, mm-hmm. instead of just sort of yelling the letter of the law at him to try to uh, really work with him uh, to see if he could get to a point where he internalized the spirit of the law. Yeah. I mean, here you got midi-chlorian count off the charts. This could be a, a virgin to the force, could be some uh, prophecy stuff here. And the Jedi are right to be like, oh, man, because I'm sensing something in that kid. I don't know. And, and there was no, like, I, I, I go back to even like Ray talking to, to Luca. We'll discuss some of that stuff later of like, you're, you didn't give Kylo a choice. Right. I just, oh, oh sometimes I want, I want to go back and be like, you guys aren't even giving him any kind of choice here uh, uh, to express uh, and work through it because he did want to be there. You know, this was his dream. Uh, and, and I think he kind of stamped out the phlegm. It reminded, and this wasn't serious from my dad, but I kind of grew up, uh, one of my dad's uh, big dad jokes was, you know, if I hurt myself, like I've skinned my knee or maybe my, arm hurts and I, you know, would stretch it and go, oh, he goes, does it hurt when you do that? And I go, yeah. He goes, well, then don't do that. Um, <laughs> you know, 
all my life grew up with that. And it's, it's funny. And I, I say he wasn't super serious about that for those who, uh, <laughs> my dad's innocent of charges. Uh, but like, you know what I mean? It was just funny, but like, I look at the, they're kind of like, do you have fear etiquette? Well, yeah, I miss my mom and I'm attached to her. Oh, well don't do that. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. Does it hurt when you think of your mom? Then don't do that. Yeah, I mean, I don't think the Phantom Menace is an example of good real world child rearing, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I yeah. think you do have to approach it in a in a mythic level. You know, uh, I think Shmi gives great advice to Anakin, and it's a wonderful philosophy to give a child a choice. Like, yes, I, and I feel like that's mythic storytelling. I feel like in the real world, yeah, the, the parent should help a nine-year-old make that choice you know yeah, uh, yeah. but for me i accept it as this sort of mythic storytelling not a pamphlet on actual good <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know very real world child rearing to me it is about the sort of philosophical ideas of here's what the here's why the jedi are concerned about attachment because yeah. it can lead to uh these dark places uh, mm -hmm. but they're not expressing themselves well they're not being understanding Maybe they're they're not bending at all. Maybe there is a world where Anakin will always be uh, dangerously attached to his mother and in at risk of of reacting with violence and misusing his power if he if he sees her at all. Or maybe if they had said, "Let's go visit her and make sure she's okay," that would have been what Anakin needed, and it wouldn't have been a, an attachment. That you know, that's not the Jedi philosophy, but I think that's the questions that it raises for me. Because I yeah. don't think the Jedi are about not caring about people. They're about not taking that care so far that it's selfish. Yeah. And I, look, I understand people getting upset at Ahsoka and Luke telling Din, uh, you know, Ahsoka mostly, you, you stay put, you know, unless you want to you know, ruin everything, buddy. You got to uh, make it harder for him. Yeah. Harder, yeah. And I'm paraphrasing there. But again, it, it, I do agree with you. It's, it's just these mythic lessons. But going to the, the, this question here this, of this uh, this talking point of where the prequel era, era Jedi wrong about attachment. Again, I really do say no in general. And there's some stuff going around about, Hey, if, if, if uh, Lucasfilm, and this is very real world news discussion, but if Lucasfilm was to continue the stories past episode 10 or episode nine, uh, maybe leading up to a 10 or, or beyond, it, it might be around uh, a new Jedi order that's learned from the mistakes of the past. And I think uh, that's a, that's a very interesting idea to me. Very interesting, but I've seen already some of the discussions around it. A lot of an excited discussion to, to be clear is like, oh, yeah, that's the, that's the way to do it. Jedi can get married now and everything, and, 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 and maybe that is it. But I don't think it's that simple. I just don't think it's that simple. It does, does not mean to me that the Jedi would move off of this idea because of the great point be, behind the idea. It's just how they deal with the bigger questions around it is what I would hope the Jedi Order would learn. Yeah, I, I think for me it, 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 it is about that danger, right, of like, uh, okay, if you can get married, then you can be the most noble person, but it's really hard to contain yourself if you're, if you're fearful uh, for, for your loved one, I will say, uh, as a husband. Um, but I don't think it's just about that. I think it's also a choice of like, hey, uh, you can have a thriving social life, a, a really uh, great um, marriage where you're there for your partner. Or maybe you want to go do something in your life that's all-consuming because you're there to serve somebody else. Like, yeah. I, I feel like that's a, a part of the the choice uh, as well. Um, mm -hmm. and, and I think a, a part of that great struggle of, like, Jedi have to have compassion. They have to have care. As individuals in the real world, we obviously need uh, the support and love of other people. But how do you find that balance uh, mm -hmm. is the constant question. I, yeah. I think for me, with uh, with Anakin's fall in particular, I think, yeah, I think the Jedi failed him by not helping him uh, yeah. understand and accept it on a more emotional level. Uh, but the biggest thing is their missteps 
made it so much easier for Palpatine to slide in there and manipulate Anakin, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I think I think that's the 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 you know the success of Palpatine and the failure of the Jedi. Yes, they were bested by one of the uh, the best evil men in the game. To be clear. yeah, yeah. So after the fall of the Jedi. Uh, when we're spending some time with Obi-Wan and Yoda in the original trilogy, uh, do you think they are clinging to rigid ideas about attachment? Man, I, I, I'll tell you, my notes on this one question are blank because I wanted to see where I felt in the moment. <laughs> uh, you said you bring up that thing of, of, of rules as a shield against fear. I, I'm looking at Obi-Wan and Anakin, uh, Obi-Wan and Yoda, and I'm like, oh, man, that's a, they probably go to bed at night thinking, what did we do wrong? Right. Which again, we get the, yeah. The time of this Kenobi, or this recording, we're waiting for the Kenobi series, uh, uh, you know, in a couple months. And maybe that's just how this begins. <laughs> what did I do wrong? Um, I think I'd be, if they are rigidly uh, clinging to this idea, I'd allow it for this <laughs> session. But then when I stop and think about uh, moving beyond those 19 years and into New Hope and into particularly Empire Strikes Back, I think they're right on. I really do think they're right on. I think maybe they've had time to look at what went wrong and, and maybe implement it there. There's still room for choice on Dagobah. Yoda actually very clearly kind of gives Luke a choice. Decide you must. He says, uh, he's not to serve them best. Yeah. Um, so I think they're, they are not uh, necessarily preaching from a rigid point of view, but they ha- have every right to be like, man, I really saw how bad that went. You, even Ahsoka back in uh, Mando season two, right? There's some stuff of her going, well, I've seen how <laughs> things can go bad. Trust me. And, and, uh, and uh, you know, I think that's fair for her too. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The kind of her language, I, I'm paraphrasing, but like even a great Jedi, <laughs> not a young, traumatized, uh, you know, undertrained one like Grogu, but even a great Jedi could fall victim to this, you know, uh, it speaks to me a bit again about that noble path that it's easy to fall from. Um, I think for, for me in the original trilogy, I think, you know, the rules of the Jedi were up for debate, right? Like mm-hmm. I think Obi-Wan being like, Look, uh, the the time will come where Luke's going to have to make a choice. You know, if um, if Owen and Brew don't want me to train him, fine. But there will come a day where he wants to know who he is, or someone else will come looking for him. And he's just he's waiting, right? And he's real, like he's not lecturing uh, Luke about attachment. He's not caring about Luke's age. I think Obi Wan's uh, very much open to <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, re- revisiting, questioning rules, right? And then in general, I think they were both kind of, uh, they had learned from their mistakes. Wars did not make one great is I think Yoda definitely saying, yeah, I'm I'm effed up. Um, So I think as you get into the original trilogy era, they are trying to focus on the, the true reasons for the rules, the true spirits of the rules and the true, you know, what danger are we trying to avoid with the rules? What are they actually about? Yeah, look, like the organization's faded away, right? But they still have the manuals uh, and they're just finding uh, the way to, to execute it properly in this time, yeah. Yeah, so I think maybe we can uh, dive into this a little bit more by getting into the Luke part of all of this and uh, wrestling with the question of, do you think Luke was wrong in Empire Strikes Back to leave his training and run to Cloud City to rescue his friends? Because they don't use the word attachment in that movie that was made in 1980, uh, but I think that's very much what's on the table. 
thought thought about this one over a good cup of coffee uh, this morning, and, and I'm putting in all caps, Joseph, officially submitting my answer of yes. <laughs> I think he was wrong. Uh, but we here at Force Center and a lot of Star Wars fans believe in the idea of continued choices. So even though that might have been wrong, he recovered. Uh, his friends recovered. The Rebellion recovered. They made some big choices. Uh, and, um, you know, and we talked about earlier, so it is a choice from Yoda. Decide how you must. Uh, decide you must. How to serve them best. If you leave now, help them you could. But you will destroy all for which they have fought and suffered. I think sometimes it's easy to forget that Yoda says, yeah, 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 yeah you could do this now and you might win. You might do it. Uh, but there's still going to be a cost to that. Uh, it's interesting to have this discussion now. I just read Star Wars uh, Marvel Mainline number 19, catching up on the comics. It's been out for a while as a, a great, weird sci-fi com- conversation between Luke and a High Republic character. I won't go too much more down mm-hmm. that line. Um, and he, in that conversation, says, his mom, I'm paraphrasing this too, uh, Joseph, but he, he's like, you know, I ran off. To, to, to be a hero. Uh, I, I left Tatooine and I was a hero. You know, not for glory, mind you, but, but it just, uh, you know, not completely, but that was the right thing to do. He got in this fight. He wanted to be like his father, wanted to be a warrior. He's put in this great spot. He saved the galaxy. And then he kind of is saying, and then it, I, I did I did it again to kind of be the, the hero. And we just discussed Fennec Shand stopping Boba Fett from engaging Cad Bane too early in the fight for his own reasons, not these reasons of the greater cause. And I think Luke feels the same thing. And that's why I think it's a mistake. He's dealing with this between Empire and Jedi. He made this big mistake and he then goes to rescue Han, I think more for Han, more for Leia, more for the cause, not for his glory, not that he's an egomaniac, I must be the hero, but he feels he must live up to that title is what he's trying to express in this conversation. He goes to confront, confront Vader, um, not to destroy him for the galaxy or anything. He'd go to, to, to uh, you know, to, to uh, well, that in that case, an empire, it's more to destroy. Where eventually later yeah. on, it's more to save Anakin. Uh, it's not to be the hero. It's for Anakin. It's not even for myself. And then when it comes down to it, as we all know, he throws down the blade. He's not attached to himself or Anakin in that moment, but he's doing it for the light side. So all that this morning, thinking about it, goes to that answer of, yes, I think an empire. That's a big mistake. Yeah, I, I think so, too. And I think there's a lot about attachment. I think it's I think this is a really hard story of attachment because, like, you know, I, I still to this day watch Empire Strikes Back and emotionally you want to be like, well, how could it be bad <laughs> for him to go rescue his friends? What's bad about rescuing your friends? Uh, but I think it is about the timing. And I think it's about the why mm-hmm. uh, that one of the big dangers of attachment is not uh, the the idea that my friend is for real in absolute mortal danger. No ambiguity about it. Someone's shooting at them right now. I'm going to use a burst of Jedi super speed and block that blow. Yeah. That's something Jedi do all the time. The danger is when you are being seduced by just the fear of the possibility of losing someone. Yeah. When they may or may not be in actual danger of death. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's, I think what's happening in, uh, in Empire Strikes Back. It is also what happens to, Anakin Revenge of the Sith of he gets these visions of Padme in pain, mm-hmm. but he has no verification that that's going to happen. He becomes obsessed with controlling the future, with, con- with making sure that the possibility of a bad thing could not happen, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of explicit in some of the discussion of Empire Strikes Back where, you know, Obi-Wan tells Luke that Yoda can't see their fate. Um, yeah. They are in pain, but they might not 
die and you might not even be able to save them, uh, you don't know. We don't know. You're reacting to the possibility of a bad thing happening, not the actual truth that a bad thing is going to happen for sure. And I think Luke is focused on how much he doesn't want to lose Han and Leia, just like his father was focused on how much he doesn't want to lose Padme because he's haunted by this possibility of a bad thing can happen to them. And then how am I going to feel? Yeah, it's one of my favorite little beats in that is Han and Leia will die if I don't. And, and, and well, that's not the answer. And as, as a youngster watching that, you're like, yeah, 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 you're right. Go do it. But yeah, to, to, to see it now and to yeah, the mirror image, holding it up. Hey, poetry, it rhymes. Insert your jokes here, folks, of just uh, father and son dealing with the same type of situation, how they uh, how they acted that. Well, I'm sure we're going to mention that again and again and again. But to see it more now, to see in that moment of of of. You're here. You're training for this great, uh, you know, what you feel is a great calling, and you're gonna leave all that, you know, uh, man. That's that's not necessarily the the right thing to do at this time. Even if you win, you then the galaxy needs you as a Jedi. We need you as a Jedi. Uh, you might never be a Jedi if you go over there. We don't know. We don't know. We don't know. All um, for a little bit of a wing and a prayer. But again, Luke is approaching it from I think uh, a good heart. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. He, he has this power. Shouldn't he use it to help his friends, especially if his friends are being put in danger just because of him? Yeah. Going back to the Jedi in the Nile. Let's wipe them out. We have the power. Let's do it. Won't that help? Yeah. And I think it, it shows a little bit of uh, growth from uh, Obi-Wan and Yoda to be like, hey, look, we've had experiences in, in the big picture and in small moments where we've been baited into a fight. Vader is baiting you. He's torturing your friends because he knows exactly how you're going to respond because that's what happened to him. Uh, and, you know, Luke responds with like, yeah, I know it's a trap. That's why I have to go. But from Obi-Wan and Yoda's perspective, it's like, don't make the mistake we made with the Clone Wars. You know, wait and choose your time and know know the situation, right? Yeah, again, going that. I love that Fennec and Boba Fett moment and and, and Boba Fett, the finale. Sorry, I guess some spoiler warners are, are the off chance you haven't caught up in the series yet. <laughs> but standing before Cad Bane, and not now, not now, not now. It's, yeah, it's vengeance. It's you. It's it's a a personal journey. It's vainglory. We got to fight for our reasons for the bigger cause, and you'll have your moment. Yeah, and I think Yoda reflects that too in in Return of the Jedi. It's like, no, it's, of course it's not bad that you know the truth. It's bad that you know that you left early, that you weren't uh, fully trained, that you weren't ready for the burden, right? Uh, so Yoda even expresses that about timing. Um, but this, uh, you touched on another thing that I think is really crucial in that Empire scene and in Luke's choice, and, and it goes this idea of a of attachment that. One of the reasons that Jedi are concerned about attachment isn't just the false of the dark side, but it is this real huge life choice of you could be devoted to the five people in your life that you love, and there's nothing wrong with that. But what is being asked of Jedi, particularly at, at specific times in the galaxy, is to be there to selflessly help everyone. And sometimes that means if you're needed over here <laughs> to stop this larger tragedy, you can't just be focused on your friends. And I think uh, I wrestled with that a lot as a, as a kid and as an adult of what's Yoda talking about when he says some things that sound pretty damn harsh. <laughs> you know, yeah. you already uh, shared this, right? Of uh, if you leave now, help them, you could, but you will destroy all for which they have fought and suffered. And uh, that like a little bit later when, when Luke says in, in sacrifice Han and Leia and Yoda says, if you honor what they fight for, yes. And you're like, damn Yoda cold. But I think that's the choice he's saying of like, yeah, you have power and you might be able to help them, but you have this much larger responsibility. You're one of the only people who mm -hmm. can perhaps end 
this uh, uh, horrific control of the galaxy by the dark side. And uh, that's what Han and Leia are fighting for is to end this tyranny. And you might just get yourself killed and accomplish nothing. And if it wasn't for Vader's compassion for Luke, uh, yeah, Vader easily could have killed him and would have. And Yoda and Obi-Wan would have been entirely right. Luke would have rushed off there. He wouldn't have saved Han. He wouldn't have helped Leia. Uh, he, and he just would have been slaughtered. Yeah, it's it's the genius of Empire, right? Of the movie, the blockbuster follow-up to the blockbuster hit of our time. The hero does everything wrong. <laughs> he loses, <laughs> right? his friends are captured and in pain and scattered. And there's no victory celebration. It's just it's, a genius thing of it. Arguably puts his sister in danger by making her turn around to rescue him. Yeah. 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 So uh moving forward from that mistake uh, of Luke's that we think is a mistake. How do you think the uh, idea of attachment is involved in Luke's uh, uh, victory in Return of the Jedi? It's just an example of how best to deal with something that, that is real, uh, care and concern. I keep joking, but I think a lot of a lot of times when I hear some of the general, and I'm saying very general discussion of attachment in Jedi, you go to, now I guess we can go to Grogu and the choice of lightsaber and chainmail. That's going to be big in the conversations. But I think a lot of people <laughs> go to Anakin on, uh, you know, on, on, on route to Naboo with Padme. Oh, he's all hot for Padme, let's be honest. And he's just trying to, you know, attachments ain't bad, you know, attachment, and, and it's focused on a romantic attachment it's focused on something that's real very real world but but i think that it's so much deeper than that when you dive into it and going to the jedi moment going to um return the jedi moment going into uh, palpatine is truly again mirror image reflection poetry rhyme say it again and again and again very clearly anakin was fearful of losing padme so he sought power i beg you anakin use my knowledge palpatine's just like come on give me give me this power that's what brings him down and then here he is again uh, uh he has a broken Broken Vader. I love this Lucas idea that's in that Star Wars archives book of, uh, yeah, Palpatine's got upset. Damn, Obi-Wan messed up his deal. He got a broken, <laughs> broken, uh, you know, chosen one here. He didn't give me the whole thing. He's now more machine uh, than man. Uh, and so now he's got the newer model that he, he definitely wants. Uh, like most uh, creepy old men, let me get the, the younger, newer <laughs> model here. Uh, let me do it. Um, and and at the end of the day, the big blade throwing down, Luke was not afraid to lose Anakin, not afraid to lose himself. Yes, he was very afraid to lose Leia, and he, that almost took him, that almost got him. But he overcomes that too in the end, throws down his blade, and that puts the choice in Anakin's hands. Mm-hmm. And that's the power of the choice. True, uh, the, the 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 true decision there it comes from him. And it isn't like, yeah, I sliced, I sliced Anakin, uh, or sliced Palpatine in half. Dad, you back? Eh, no. <laughs> you know, like, what was that? I did it. I did it. It was like, take me. He could die. I'm not attached to any of this at any any point. I'm here for a different reason. It's out of compassion. That saves a day. The choice becomes Anakin. Um, and and I, I think that because that's because Luke frees himself from any kind of attachments in that moment. Oh, no, I think that's uh, that's really well said. I think it is a story of attachment. I think it is a victory of attachment uh, in that uh, Luke is open to the idea that, you know, um, he doesn't have to be isolated, that in fact, maybe connection with his father and hope for his father uh, might actually be uh, what's going to save everything. It might actually be, you know, he's approaching things from such a more hopeful perspective uh, that maybe there is a possibility that they're still good uh, in my father. I think from Vader's perspective, it is this great uh, mirrored scene where he had a selfish love for Padme that led to his fall. And it's this selfless love for Luke. It's just defending Luke. It's not trying to 
possess Luke or control Luke. It's not, you know, that Vader's like, well, how am I going to go about my day as if <laughs> Luke is dead, right? It's it's much more about like, this is just, I'm going to save my son and I don't care what happens to me, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it is about attachment, but it is about, you know, very pure, uh, selfless caring for others um, from both of them. Um, I think that, so there is a victory of, of attachment. I think a lot of people um, focus on that. But I also think that it, it, it's a huge lesson about the dangers of uh, selfish attachment mm-hmm. from Luke, right? Because uh, he, Luke's doing a great job going, I'm not going to play your game. I'm not going to fight. And Vader just threatens Leia, right? If mm-hmm. uh, if you will not turn, perhaps she will and just the idea, again, not the confirmation that something for sure is coming for her imminently, but just the idea that something bad could happen to this person he loves. Mm-hmm. He lashes out in in utter anger, almost kills his father, almost gives in. He almost lost everything the exact same way that Anakin did. And for me, that's such an important beat because I think that Luke has to be carrying that forward of like, I made the right choice. I threw down the blade and said, even if I can't beat uh, Palpatine, mm. I'm certainly not going to go down the dark side path. I'd rather die than go down the dark side path and have my mm. powers hurt other people. Uh, that was a victory. But I came very, very close to this dark version of attachment where I couldn't handle the thought of something bad happening to somebody I love. So I did awful things to prevent it. Mm. Yeah. And 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 it, yeah, it, there's there's dangerous side effects with that, and yeah, absolutely. I'm thinking I'm thinking of real world stuff that maybe not super applies, but yeah, it's just, uh, you know being raised by uh, overprotective parents who uh, the reason was their their fear of any harm coming to me, so therefore I didn't fully live, you know, and had to overcome a lot of that as I grew up. Uh, uh, you, uh, you you and I have the same amulet, <laughs> two sides of that amulet, and yeah. and maybe maybe honestly that's where some of my my opinions about some of this come from of mm. um love is so beautiful and so wonderful and so needed but it can tip into wait a minute is this about you and not yeah. me or us yeah yeah I, I experienced so little for so long because it was uh, put into my head of uh well you could get hurt emotionally physically uh you could die don't do that. You know, I'm not talking about bungee jumping or motorcycle riding. I'm talking about getting on a plane and visiting New York, <laughs> you know, or like, well, yeah, you could do that or you could die. And and I grew up thinking, you know, oh, I better not do that. I'm attached to uh, fear here in this moment. And I just I just see a lot of that playing out there in Star Wars. That's where I see a lot of it again. Again, we bring our own bag- baggage to it. And that's mm-hmm. what I bring to the conversation. Uh, and uh, and. Yeah, you and I can have a more a lobby bar, a hotel lobby bar discussions about <laughs> attachments in our own lives, Justin. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, but I think I do think in in this you know story, it is it's a triumph uh, for Luke. It's a triumph for mm. Vader. It, it is about their connection. Uh, but within that, it, it's this cautionary tale for me that Luke almost uh, fell to attachment, uh, negative attachment, yeah. in negative aspects of attachment, in exactly the way his father did. Yeah, yeah, if I don't, yeah, if I, it's like, a, a, yeah, a, attachment is is fine. It's real emotion. I love that we we keep going. There's there's this too light and dark side to attachment, and I yeah. think sometimes, sometimes again, this is generally, and this is meant in the spirit of discussion and the spirit of conversation, the spirit of all of us learning together about what Luke means. I think sometimes you hear that uh, 
uh, that word attachment and you just, it, it, you focus on one thing and it, it's, um, and that you have to get rid of it. And how dare you, you can tell me I can't love my dog anymore. No, that's, <laughs> that's not, that's not what it is. It's just, you're, you will love your dog. There's just a uh, dark side and light side to that. Yep. For me, it is, it is these, these twin, uh, Anakin moments where one, where he, uh, is concerned about his own pain of possibly losing, losing Padme. So he makes an awful choice in the one where he can see something awful is for sure going to happen to his son. So he makes a selfless choice. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I love that point. Yeah. I love that point. Four center. Well said of just really <laughs> boiling it down to everything so far from all these characters is what might happen. And, and this is now what's actually happening in front of Anakin. Yeah. Yeah. Important. All right. We are going to take a quick break and then we're going to get back into uh, Luke's uh, choices in the Mandalorian in that era. Back in a moment. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.
And we are back to continue our discussion of Luke Skywalker's adventures in attachment. We've looked a little bit about the Jedi's relationship to attachment and uh, how Luke deals with it, both the the wonderful uh, beauty of connection to loved ones and the dangers of having those that love manipulated into something not great. So now we're going to move forward into this era of the New Republic uh, where Luke Skywalker is trying his best to pass on what he's learned <laughs> but not having the best of luck. <laughs> we can have a sense of humor about it. He tries to train Leia. Leia has a, a vision of the future and a calling that she has a, a, a better way to serve as a, as a political leader. And mm-hmm. Luke accepts her blade and says, I understand. Uh, see ya for student. I tried. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, with that context, we get into this big moment in The Mandalorian uh, where and Book of Boba Fett, where Luke has answer Grogu's call. Grogu made the choice on Tython to say, hey, I need some help from from a Jedi, from my people. Uh, Grogu is a traumatized former Jedi youngling. Luke hears this call. He answers. He tries to train Grogu, but uh, Luke senses that Grogu's heart isn't in this. And then he gives him a choice. Do you think, the big question of the hour, do you think giving Grogu the choice to quit was the right thing for Luke to do. I absolutely think it was the right choice. I really do. I think he approached it the right way. And this is, you know, he, he said something and, 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 you know, later on, I don't want to jump around too, too, too far ahead, Joseph, but like going to, um, going to, to, to Kylo and Ben and, and Ray's thing, if you didn't give him a choice and those kind of bigger conversation points there, it's just so different. It's so different at this point for me where like if Joseph, you said, Hey, you know, I'm not feeling good about doing force center, a little tired. And I said, well, I'll give you a choice. We do force center or not. It's different than you going, Hey man, I, I don't want to do force center. I might kill a billion people. <laughs> I might have a different reaction to that. And I might be forgiven for pulling out my green blade for just a second to make that mistake. I think it all is at the same ballpark. Sorry, I'm rambling, but uh, no, I just really think it was, a, it was a different kind of situation and, and it was the right thing to do because of, 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 of lessons just learned by Luke not too long ago. Yeah. I think uh, there's a, for me, there's a possibility that, you know, maybe, maybe it was too rigid. Maybe Luke jumped the gun, but this is where I really feel like, I feel like this is a young man who who doesn't have a, a lot of, you know, he, he's going around cr- collecting books. Who knows how many he has right now, but he's he's yeah. trying to rebuild something. He's trying to rebuild it in, in the best version it can be. He is really taking his time and figuring this out. We're years out from Return of the yes. Jedi, right? And he's just starting to build the first rock shack, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he trained Leia, but he's not, he's not like, okay, it's, it's two days after Endor. You guys mm-hmm. deal with your coup. Like he's going around and researching and, you yeah. know, discovering. Um, he, he's not rushing to, to train people, right? He's going slow and steady. And he's trying, I think, so hard to do the right thing. And I think what he's doing is he's trying to save Grogu uh, from his own mistakes, right? Yeah. That uh, in Empire Strikes Back, Luke cared more about uh, playing hero uh, than his responsibility uh, to the galaxy as a whole. He um, didn't hear initially what Yoda was telling him about being a Jedi takes, you know, the, the deepest commitment, the most serious mind. And that for me is like, what I feel like what Luke's big thing is, he's like, got it. 
I, you need to have the most serious commitment, the deepest mind. Uh, Grogu seems like he has a lot of trauma and his mind is on another, is always at another place. Yeah. <laughs> he does not seem like he's having, or maybe even wants to have the, the commitment to this that it takes. Right. So I mm-hmm. think he's trying to save him from that. And I also think this is why I wanted to focus on, on the return of the Jedi stuff. Um, obviously Luke knows the danger of attachment from the way his father fell. Uh, at this point but he's also personally experienced it he knows what that feels like right i think he can put himself in in grogu's uh, uh, cute little <laughs> jacket uh that i that luke himself knows if somebody threatened the mandalorian i think i know how this little kid would react because i mm-hmm. felt that i know it in this poor little guy is still traumatized and doesn't know if he wants to be here, all these things. I think uh, there are lessons that Luke has learned that he's trying to say, hey, uh, Grogu, it's it's okay if you don't want to do this, if you want to make a different choice. Yeah, I think we discussed it in the episode breakdown, but I, I still look at it as Luke uh, not giving into any kind of attachment of what he feels his new school should be like, what he should be like mm-hmm. as a teacher. It is a little bit of him just going, all right, all right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'll give you the opportunity to let you go because I'd rather let you go and just know that there's someone uh, out there who's loyal and 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 join his found family, his his uh, tribe of two, and and um, I'd rather have you doing that than over here learning powers that might, uh, you know, turn into something worse. I'm not saying Grogu would go the the dark side even. I'm just saying you know it's better. And then and knowing that look, look the 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 thing in front of you, Grogu. I love that little detail of like. You know, hey, because uh, they talk they talk about Yoda a lot, right? And 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 mm-hmm. Luke's like, you're gonna be around a bit. You're gonna experience some loss. And uh, you know, are you ready for that? And are you ready for that right now? And just kind of his relation relationship to that too. I, I just think in the end, it was the right thing for Luke, Luke to do. Yeah, I think I think he's just he's playing on so much life experience, right? Of his own knowledge of the danger of attachment, his own knowledge of how much uh, commitment he feels that the path of the Jedi requires uh another moment in return of the jedi that i think is significant is uh, i know the comics are, are filling in lots of stuff between empire and return of the jedi and i'm, mm. I'm getting caught up and there's some some great uh, philosophical stuff in there but just looking at the films uh luke you know learns from his mistakes on bespin he he trains up he gets himself more uh serious and committed he rescues han and then he just kind of tries to go back into the groove like yeah i'm gonna go on missions i'm gonna stop things and and he can't go back to his old life because mm. he's something different now. Vader senses him. He can't, I think it's a real, like, his experience of becoming a Jedi is like, oh, I'm on a whole different path. Like, yeah, I love Han and Leia. I'll go visit Han and Leia. But because of what I have committed to, I'm not in their life in that same way. Yeah. And I feel like we got to see him experience that in Return of the Jedi when they, there's almost this, like, both Leia and Han are like, I'm sorry, you got to go do what? And he's like, I just, sorry, I'm attached to this whole reality. Um, yeah, and I yeah. think that's a little bit of what he's saying to Grogu of like, if you do this, you're stepping into this whole other world and you you might be meditating so long that it's 60 years and yeah. Din's gone and you open your little eyes because it because you're stepping into this whole other world. So I don't think that that choice is just about like, Look, if you stay here and you keep obsessing over Din Djarin, you're going to turn evil and destroy the galaxy. Yeah, I think right. there's a little bit of, you know, wariness about that. Ahsoka certainly has that wariness. But I think it's also lived experience from Luke going, 
if you go down this path, it, it, there is, it's a different world. It's not even necessarily about isolation because you and I will be together and other students will be here, but it's about you're in this whole other world and you're not always, for me, there's almost like a real life thing of like, you could, you know, uh, always hang out with your buddies or you could in this city or you could move to a different city because you want to explore something new. I was just going to say that in some sense. Uh, it is a little bit of a big, it, it's, it's that kind of choice. And both are right. Like you, you could you could make this choice and commit to something brand new and learn it. Or you could sit around, sit in your hometown and you might have a great life as well too. We don't know, but the choice is yours. I, I was just going to that same kind of thought. Yeah. Yeah. And I even think that there's there's more to unearth in this episode with, I think, Luke is, you know, I think Luke's still wrestling with his attachment a bit because it seems like Ahsoka is more clear on like, I think it's kind of dangerous to train this kid because he and this uh, Mandalorian are real connected, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we even revisit that of the, of Din going like, well, why are you okay with Luke training him? Um, and she says it's his choice. And I at first interpret that as Grogu, but watching again, I think she means Luke. Mm. And he's like, well, I'm, I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not, Luke, Luke made this choice. And then, you know, she's she's kind of observing him. He kind of asks her for advice. She kind of doesn't give it. And then when she's leaving, he says, will I see you again? And she says, perhaps. And for me, that's a little like Ahsoka pushing back on like, yeah, you may or you may not. We can't control mm-hmm. these things. We can't know the future. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there's there's warmth and there's connection between those two. It's not it's not bad that there's warmth and connection right between those two. But even Ahsoka in that moment is kind of saying, uh, let go of this, this need to control and know the future, you know, don't, don't make the, the uh, wonderful moment that we just shared now uh, about anxiety about the future. Just let it go. Right. Yeah. And look, Ahsoka's always uh, positioned well, you know, uh, Dave, mm-hmm. Dave loves Ahsoka. No, a little joke there for me, but but she's always positioned well, and that's what I love about her. She she's learned in a different way and 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 survived as a Jedi or a Jedi, uh, you know, not name but in spirit, uh, in a different kind of fashion, and has her own fears and hangups too. Without a doubt, that she absolutely, yeah, that she's working through. Yeah, and I think we'll see her, you know, uh, go through some things in the uh, the Ahsoka show as well. But yeah, I think uh, I bring it up partially to just say I don't think Luke is just locked into ah. I found the Jedi pamphlets. Attachment mm-hmm. is bad. Period. Agreed. I understand how it it reads that way, since he just straight up says to Grogu of like, if you choose uh, the the path of going back to the Mandalorian, uh, you know, you will be giving into attachment and forgoing the way of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. Um, so I understand how that kind of reads is is a rigidity, uh, and maybe it is. But for me, there's a little bit of ambiguity because I think what he's saying is, it's not like Grogu is like. I'm here. I'm all the way here. I miss my friend, but I'm so happy to be here. Being a Jedi is great. <laughs> right. He's yeah. pining for this friend, right? He can't focus because he's thinking about this friend and this whole other life he could have. So even though Luke's actual language, uh, I can see absolutely being interpreted as rigidity. The, the unique situation with Grogu feels like, hey, buddy, it seems like you're torn between two paths and I'm empowering you to choose. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the choice is important, and, and, and I think it's important to keep Din away. A lot of people upset, you know, uh, even in my own house, had some uh, uh, harsh words for Ahsoka, not letting Din just go say hi. <laughs> it was just one of the things, but I love, I because that to me would would go with me here a little bit, take away some of Grogu's choice in the matter. 
Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. Yeah. Daddy shows up. Of course you're going to want to go. Yeah. And, and I do think that there is, um, that some of this stuff you can kind of make really one-to-one worldly comparisons. And some of it to me does kind of rise to that level of mythic, right? Like, I love doing four center, but if like, you know, somebody came to me and like, well, I'm your, I'm your Zen, uh, uh, podcast master and you can choose being married to your wife or doing the podcast with Ken, right? Like, sorry, sorry, Sarah. Yeah. But the point for me is, uh, the podcast is not, uh, is a fun thing that we are lucky to do is a part of our, our joy and a part of our jobs. It's a part of who we are. I have never entered into this podcast going, this uh, has to, I have to give all of myself to this. And uh, my doing this podcast will help keep the entire galaxy in balance. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I do not have uh, anywhere near that level of hubris, right? It, it, so yeah. I think sometimes I, I like to make the one-to-one world comparisons with Star Wars, but I think it's, it's mythic to that level where it is sometimes more about uh, the philosophy than the real world translation. Yeah, hundred percent, and and maybe to try to apply some philosophy to it, I think you and I both have the same approach. We put so much energy into this Force Center works, and it's become, especially over the last year or two, like part of our you know our jobs, our literal jobs, because of the work and commit we, we do put into it. But I, if it goes tomorrow, I know I'll be fine. And therefore, right. if you tell me, hey, Ken, I might have to travel, or hey, I might be up for a writing job that might pull pull me away for a couple of weeks, you know. Folks, I'm not saying that's happening right now. Um, you know, that, that it doesn't freak me out as, as much as it might have three, four years ago. I was like, no, 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 no. I have to have this. I have to have this. Uh, and then this is putting, uh, we have this, we choose to do this every week. Anyways, now I'm getting into uh, real world indeed as well. But I, I, I feel you on that. I feel you on that. It's not always yeah. clear, but sometimes uh, you can you can find the connections. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I guess I kind of got into answering my own question a little bit here, but I do really want to hear your thoughts of, do you think Luke is, repeating the mistakes of the past uh, by being too rigid about this concept of attachment. I really don't. I really don't. I know a lot of people are upset and I I'll, I'll say this. I'll go on and this is my hot take. A lot of why can't he do both? It does not work for me. It does not work for me as a star Wars story. And it doesn't work in terms of the mythic lesson. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think in a real world one-to-one, you know, Joseph can go take a writing job if he needs to for a couple of weeks. His force <laughs> center will still be there. That's fine. Um, but I do think, I think Luke was learning. I think he was absolutely adapting. Uh, absolutely adapting. Uh, um, I, 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 you know, imagine if Yoda and Mace and Caddy said, Anakin, it seems as though you're missing your mother. You're at a key point. Do you want to continue or do you want to go back to your mother? Maybe, yeah, you know what? Tell you what, we'll go free or two. <laughs> you know, like maybe, <laughs> maybe we owe you that one. Uh, jokes aside, you know what I mean? Like what would have happened? And um, I, I believe in choice and believe in uh, not one path there, you know? And so different things could have happened. They didn't know. I, it could have been different. And maybe Luke had some of that there. Again, not saying Grogu was going to go Sith and destroy the galaxy, but just like, I do think he learned. I don't think he was being rigid. Rigid would have been like, you're here. Forget him. Get over it. You're a Jedi now. You're getting picking back up where you left off with your training. Instead, he he calmly uh, released himself from his own thoughts of what he should be as a teacher in terms of success and school and launching this school and giving Grogu the choice. And maybe I'll have to go back to 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 uh, step one to build this school. But that's fine for me. That's my journey. This is his. 
Yeah, I, I tend to agree with that of like in this instance, maybe like the seeds of future mistakes are there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I tend to think like the rigidity would have been I'm committed to building this school. You know, Look, uh, even Ahsoka's got a glow and she's like, this is going to be the beginning of a great school. Yeah. And Luke's being like, you know, you'll be my first student. But it's it's selfless, right? He's not saying like. Uh, you can take these two paths. You know, you kind of can't take both because being a Jedi takes all of your commitment and time will pass quickly and the people you care about will be gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, or you can take this other path and I'm removing myself from the equation. I am offering you two things where I think like uh, rigidity and, and selfishness would have been like, damn it, I'm teaching you, kid. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't think a new Jedi Order is never going to move away from their ideas on attachment because I don't think you can because I, I just uh, it's it's it goes to this necessary rage conversation that that still floats out there of of what could have been with the story of Ray of like oh, to find balance you touch the darkness no you can never do that <laughs> will dominate your your destiny um, uh, yeah you understand it you deal with it you don't yes. tap into it you, you don't, don't give into it. it. It's Eric Notch, yeah, and I, I think uh, so. Anyways, that's maybe my only, only really, uh, you know, defiant, stubborn, hot take is is you cannot have both. That is not how it works. Not how it works for the Jedi. Not how it always uh, works in life all the time. Uh, no cake and no eating it too. In this case, you need <laughs> to choose one here. This is that point in your life, and there might be things uh, that um, out there in the real world that uh, you know upset you in this choice, or you might find comfort in a great path in this choice that Luke's put before Grogu for your own life. That's the power of yeah. this. Yeah, I mean, I think the no attachment rule, uh, it, it can be too rigid. It can be communicated in a, in a cold and unhelpful way like it was to to Anakin that, that didn't ultimately help him or the galaxy. Uh, but I think it has such a, a good spirit to it. And then it does have its own risk that it can lead people like Anakin to feeling isolated and alone and make them uh, vulnerable to manipulation. Uh, but I think what would have happened to Grogu is if he had been kind of forced to make a choice he didn't want to or not be given that choice and think he's he 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 chose once by calling to Luke. He chose to leave uh, with Luke and now he's stuck forever. Like that would have led, I think, to much more mm-hmm. isolation and, uh, you know, open to manipulation. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and I just I think that. um Luke is definitely, he's collecting, uh, you know, the lore of the past, the books of the past. I, I think he doesn't know entirely how to build a school, how to move forward. And he's looking to the past for guidance. And yeah, some of that guidance is flawed and there's some poison pills buried in it. And I think maybe this is the seed of Luke, uh, you know, kind of uh, becoming overly obsessed with uh, perfection, you know? Yeah. Uh, of like, I'm going to, I'm going to read all the books and I'm going to figure out the right way to be a Jedi. And, and I think, that's the failure of Luke that um, I really uh, like is a real uh, is a weird word. Uh, but for me, it just it feels kind of, I don't know, a little bit simple to just go like uh, Luke read the old Jedi pamphlets and they had bad ideas. So he did the bad ideas. <laughs> right, right. Um, I think there there is an element of that that I really do agree with. But I think it's so personal about Luke because I think his greatest fear is failure. You know, mm-hmm. he is, I think, gets obsessed with course correcting his youthful errors, right? Uh, he wants to have, like I said before, the most serious mind, the deepest commitment. Uh, I love in all of the post-Return of the Jedi stuff how much he prioritizes training, strength, mastery, right? I think yeah. there is a little, that's where he makes his mistake of just like, if I care so hard, if I question everything, if I work the hardest I can, I, I won't make the mistakes 
that that came before, right? Mm-hmm. I, I like the, this story emerging from Luke in Mandalorian, in some of the written materials, in uh, The Last Jedi, in just the truth of how long it took him to finally truly start this school and that I've seen the potential of Ben, seeing Leia go, I think Ben needs some help is what finally gets him to truly, truly start the school. It To me, it paints this picture of Luke for a real world comparison. Luke is like someone who wants to read every book ever about screenwriting before he starts a script because he so doesn't want to make a mistake. You know, he doesn't want to have a crappy first draft that might affect the whole galaxy. He's trying so hard to be perfect. And I think that's what Yoda, you know, like, gives him this relief from in the last Jedi. He's like, I've, I purchased your Jedi school sucks and save the Jedi. I've purchased them. They're great books. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Save the galaxy instead of save the cat. And he has read it cover to cover. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, I'm with you. And, and, and I'm fascinated. This is definitely the section where I'm like, I have some hot take thoughts too, but I'm just, I'm, I'm some of it. We have to see how it unfolds. Some of it is, is time. Some of it is, uh, you know, him at this moment. I think that the stuff in battlefront two is beautiful Luke and it's all about choice. And I think that's pretty big on his mind at this point, five years out from uh, the biggest choice that, uh, he made and uh, therefore the biggest choice that Anakin made. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, we do get to see a little bit of Luke's Jedi school in action in the comic book rise of Kylo Ren, as well as his touring around with, a. Uh, Laura Santeca and young Ben Solo and the students that we see at his, you know, functioning Jedi school in that comic book, uh, they have different weaknesses and strengths and they're struggling to overcome things, but it seems like it's functioning. It seems like they're, you know, some, some pretty high quality Jedi going around the galaxy doing good. Do you want Luke and his Jedi to have some moments of victory as the story plays out? Yeah, to clarify, you you want some actually see them uh, out and about in the galaxy or just in the school? We're, we're, Both. I, I think for me, I, I feel like I think maybe some of the things I'm wrestling with with the the valid criticisms of Luke in, in the Mandalorian and and seeing the ties from the Mandalorian to yeah. uh, his ultimate uh, failure of losing losing Ben and and going to the island. That I feel like for me, I don't. I feel like there's so much room to have the time he describes in last Jedi and there was balance for many years and that he had, that he absolutely did uh, uh, take some of the, the flaws of the Jedi forward and that he made some mistakes with Ben. Uh, I love that he just like his mentors before him, he stumbles and he loses away and he beats himself up about it. But I feel like there's plenty of room within that story mm-hmm. for al- also many victories and many people that he helped along the way. Yeah, I, I would like to see that. Uh, I think over time, the, the Legends of Luke Skywalker book at the time was, I don't know, I'll say not my favorite, but, I, you know, Ken Liu wrote a great book that is just, it's totally fantasy. It's, it is truly this Legends of Luke Skywalker. I think I'm going to, it's a book I might revisit. I've just seen it differently because it is kind of a, a dream. It's a fantasy. You don't know what's real, what's not. But I love the idea of Luke actually out, out and about and, and whether it's with students or just him making a difference, truly uh, uh, coming back. Yes, he's a legend that seems to have disappeared by the time, and he has literally, but when Ray and Finn are speaking of him, he seems to be something from a distant past. But that's also a Star Wars tradition, right? It's a distant past, two years ago. Um, I'm fine with And it's that. a big galaxy. There's no reason that he couldn't have like popped into some, you know, horrible situation in a specific planet and taken care of it. And yeah. you know, young, isolated Ray and Finn never heard about that. Yeah, and so I would like to to see some of that stuff, especially with the students. I think you could do a little bit more of that. Comics or otherwise, it'd be kind of uh, kind of fun and be kind of rewarding. And and a lot of people talk about you know what kinds of Luke's we got or didn't get or my Luke and this and that Luke. But I just all that aside, 
it would it would be nice for a lifelong Star Wars fan to see Jedi Master Luke at peace with a working school and some students making a difference along with him. That'd be kind of fun. Yeah. And you know what I think it is for me is I think the story of Luke Skywalker is he is a great Jedi and he keeps trying to pass on what he's learned and he's struggled with that and has stumbles. Uh, I love that he says about uh, Ben Solo in The Last Jedi, I tried uh, to pass my strengths onto him. I think Luke himself has, I love those scenes in The Mandalorian where he is at such peace and he's clearly very powerful, but he's, he feels that balance in the force. He's like, I got this. I got this for myself. Mm. How the hell do I teach other people to get to where I am? Look, man, he's young. Luke and, and Mando and Boba Fett is young. Mm-hmm. There. And, and younger listeners, God bless you. The future is yours. <laughs> At some point, you're going to be like, I know nothing. I thought I knew everything. I knew nothing or a big obstacle. Not that your lives aren't full of obstacles and struggles, no matter your age. Uh, I don't, I'm not sitting there from a, a Gen X old man wagon field finger point of view. I'm just saying I love seeing Luke young in control. I got it. And things haven't really gone wrong since I uh, helped save my father and we won the day. Right. I don't, again, yep. I don't think I don't think he has a lot of glory in his eyes over that. Just things are good right now. Um and, 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 and I, I think Ben along, comes along and, and that's just this darkness that creeps in. That is a giant failure that knocks Luke off his moorings, man. And that's, that's what I love about the storytelling, obviously. Yeah. So let's talk about that. So by the time of The Last Jedi, Luke uh, believes that he failed Kylo. Uh, Ray argues that uh, Kylo failed Luke. Uh, Luke does, uh, you know, uh, say he failed Kylo to, to Kylo's face or rather Ben's. Uh, how do you think Luke failed Kylo? Or rather, Ben. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and it's funny. I think they're both right and both wrong, right? Right. I, I, I don't think it's all Ben's fault, and I, but I also don't think it's Luke's. I, I think in the middle lies the truth. This is why mm. I love the competing uh, visions there. I really do believe um, Ray about the choice, and that you didn't give Kylo a choice. I think that at the end of the day uh, it becomes the failure. Luke, it's a fleeting moment. We know. I don't think he touches the the darkness, and I think the intentions might have been good. Again, uh, the intent, and I, I know that's weird to say the intentions to slice down his nephew. Is that good? No, I'm just saying. Again, think of it in those moments. It isn't like it isn't. Well, this little new baby Yoda doesn't really want to continue my course. It's this nephew of mine whose power is great. His heart has turned. I feel it. I see it, and I don't know the answer, but I bet. This could go wrong and billions will die again, going to cloud city, going to Jedi. We don't know that, but that's the fear Luke gives into. So that's the failure on Luke's point of view there. Uh, Ben's failure, I think happened a lot earlier um, before that his heart was already turned. Snoke got to him, all those things we hear. So I do think Ben failed him, failed himself more than Luke, but I think that was even before that moment. Yeah. I think there's such great complexity in this. And I think, yes, absolutely. Just like Obi-Wan expressed to Anakin that he failed him. I think the admission that you failed someone does not necessarily mean that you are entirely culpable. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Uh, And I think for both of them in a certain way, uh, they failed their Padawans uh, by not keeping them safe from the darkness in the darkness is represented by Palpatine, right? Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. much like the Jedi in the Clone Wars era. The true problem ultimately is, is Palpatine uh, whispering in the ear. 
Um, but Luke, like the Jedi, you know, before him, failed to to identify the true problem in time, right? Yeah. Um, and I think where a lot of the criticism of Luke is, and I think the idea that he repeated the mistakes of the past, we don't have the full story of Ben Solo, but we've got little bits around the edge. Uh, and from what we know, that Leia saw him struggling, right? Mm-hmm. With, uh, with darkness, you know, didn't know that Palpatine's literally whispering in his ear, uh, but said, like, he really needs guidance. He can't just have this power and not know what to do with it. So, Luke, will you take him in? So, I think in the big picture, Luke, again, meant well, uh, but he didn't see what Ben really needed, which was, you know, Ben's tragedy is that uh, he had this great family, uh, but he was afraid they didn't love him, even though he mm-hmm. did. And what he ultimately needed, I think, was reassurance that he was loved and wanted, not feared by Luke, Han, and Leia. And by taking him away from his parents and, you know, putting him with Luke, I think he felt isolated. And I think that's where the criticism comes in. Mm-hmm. But again, it comes from, like, this, this you know, really great place of, like, it seems like you're struggling. You have all this power. Uh, let's help you figure out how to how to work with it, right? Yeah, the darkness was swirling in from the beginning. Uh, Leia chooses to go into a life of politics to help the galaxy more, but the, the, what sets it off might be even a little bit of, of fear. And we love Leia, right? But uh, there's some darkness at the end of my path. I better I better maybe step off. I don't necessarily think that's the wrong decision from Leia, for Leia. I, I like where that character ends up without a doubt. But you know what I mean? There's a, it's, compli- it's wonderfully complicated. Yeah. yeah. I, I really think it is. It's not just this simple... Uh, um, Ben, son of Han and Leia, turns bad. It just could have been just that. It's just it, it's 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 fresh. It's new. You and I've talked about Kylo for Kylo Ben for so long. The the pastor's kid analogy I've used before. Like I just I just love everything about it. And so the 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 messiness of Luke in that moment, the messiness of Ben in that moment is uh, is important to me. I love that lesson there. Yeah, yeah. And I think for me, this is part of the reason. Like I, I don't think having the school is bad. I think it seemed like some of those oh. students in that comic book were flourishing. Others were struggling that's uh, called life, <laughs> yeah. you know, even if you're a Jedi and the, this hope was that, that Luke could absolutely pass on his strength to, to Ben. Mm-hmm. Right. And maybe that's not what Ben needed. So there's that kind of overall structural. Yeah. Maybe even with the greatest of tensions, Luke made a mistake. And then I love in last Jedi that it is, uh, you know, crystallized into this concrete moment that connects to all of these great discussions of what, does a Jedi do a uh, Jedi defense, right? And mm-hmm. Luke has, uh, he, he has these, these uh, beliefs that the dark side is creeping in. He, uh, you know, maybe should have just tried to talk to Ben about it, but he looks in, in, mm-hmm. inside, uh, in sees absolute to his mind confirmation, you know, what I think the destruction of all that he loved. Mm-hmm. And so he has this natural inclination at defense, right? Yeah. And it's and it's just a second. He would never do it. I think sometimes people who don't like it or, you know, focus too much on Kylo's version of the story where Luke looks angry. Yeah. Um, that's that's Kylo's version of the story. For me, the third version is the truth. The first is Luke's sanitized version. Yeah. The second is is Kylo's version where he has to believe that Luke really wronged him. And the third is a truth. And it yeah. is yeah. somewhere in between where for just a second. Luke thought, uh, my job's defense. I need to defend from this. Uh, I think Luke gave into a little bit of attachment there. I saw the death of everything I loved. Yeah. And I give into that for just a second. Uh, but he is, he's a great Jedi. So he says, oh, no, of course that's wrong. Immediately, right? <laughs> yeah. He corrects himself immediately. 
and his greatest fear comes true. This is what I love about this perception that Luke is like, uh, I, uh, Jedi are cool warriors who kill the bad guys, right? And Yoda's like, no, they have deep, serious minds. They train, mastery, perfection. He's like, you're, you're right, my bad, my bad. Mastery, perfection, training, always. And he's weak and unwise for one second. And in his mind, everything shatters because his greatest fear came true. He was weak and unwise for one second. Yeah, that's all it takes, right? That's all it takes. It's all it takes, but like what what a, you know, terrifying way to go through life, right? Yeah. To feel like I have so much responsibility. If I just make one little mistake, everything will collapse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that's the way I think Luke is feeling. That's the way he's crystallizing it. I don't think that is, yeah. I think it, it's not the whole thing. That uh, Palpatine's the yeah, <laughs> whispering Palpatine. in his ear and, yeah. and Ben's choices are yeah. are the thing. Uh, and, and Luke is crystallizing it to this moment. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The weight, the weight, the weight of the weight of the galaxy on Luke. Uh, uh, that's clearly what uh, one of the things we're dealing with in Last Jedi. There, uh, uh, and uh, yeah, I feel for. Him. I feel for. Him. I've always felt for him in that moment. Yeah, in that yeah, story. yeah. And uh, in response, you know, he he beats himself up. Uh, the Last Jedi. He obviously has uh, retreated to Octo. He criticizes the hubris in the failure of the Jedi in the past. Uh, and Yoda also agrees with him ultimately that it's time to move past a, a pile of old books. Right. So. Mm. Luke and Yoda say things that seem like they're critical of the institution of the Jedi. Mm -hmm. Um, But then there's also this other very important part of the story to me where Yoda and Luke are both very clear that, okay, we have made mistakes in the past, uh, but we must not fail Ray and the Jedi must continue. And I, I really like taking both of those things together that they're definitely saying uh, critical things of the institution but they're also arguing for the Jedi to continue. How do you kind of square that? That do you do you take the story between Yoda and, and Luke and Last Jedi as a rejection of the Jedi as an organized institution? Where do you go with that? To a, to a degree, I'll say yes, but it might be going back to your conversation earlier of 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 the rules of of the Order being this shield against uh, a fear, but more importantly, a, a quest for perfection and how that can hamper you and, and how you are attached to that ideal there, I think. And I think Yoda was coming along, not just to say, learn from failure, perhaps his most important lesson in that there, but also that uh, uh, a little bit of adaption, a little bit of change and just not be attached of what you feel. I love that you you talked about Luke and perfection, Luke and training and Luke, Luke is all that where, um, again, going to Ahsoka, who's flourished maybe outside of it. I don't think... I don't think it's now a free range Jedi uh, who will never be in a temple <laughs> again. Um, I, I enjoy the seekers, uh, the, the way seekers in, in the high Republic and all that kind of stuff, but that's not where we're at in this era. I think it's very clear that Yoda's like, no, the Jedi must exist and w- to exist. They, they will probably have to have some sort of organization, but I think we fail Ray if we are concentrating more on um, our fear of losing her and our fear of not matching up uh, and having her follow these rules and, and, and all that kind of stuff there. Again, it's, it's pretty you know simple there and what it said, but uh, that's where I kind of go with it. Yeah. You know, the order's not done, but we have to still be here. Yeah. No, I really agree with you. I think that a lot of the criticisms that, that Luke lays out about, like if you look at their actual deeds, is it hubris and failure and all that. Uh, but I also think that, he is projecting, right? Like, yes, he failed. Then he looks back and goes like, well, so did Ben. So did Yoda. Look, Dooku turned. The, the whole thing fell apart. And who knows what other uh, moments of Jedi failure is he reading about Elzar Man? Like, did you know <laughs> at Valo, he threw a, 
yeah. a huge, you know, boulder into it. Like, who knows what all, like, actual moments of failure he's read. But I think, it, you know, I think Star Wars is always about fear and hope. And I think Luke is giving in to fear. He's giving in to cynicism. He is saying, because the Jedi have failed in the past, then just forget it. Every uh, Eventually they always fail. And that's just giving into cynicism and saying, hey, it's a hard path and sometimes you stumble. Uh, so I think that's where Luke is starting. He's got some valid criticisms, some reckoning with some true failures, but he's it's coming from this emotional place of giving into cynicism. Yeah, um, yeah. How many times in our world do you struggle with, man, I'm not making enough money, I'm not doing this, I'm not doing that, and you step back and you go, man, I have a cool Star Wars podcast I do with a great friend every week. Uh, I get to go talk about you know pop culture stuff. Uh, I once got punched in the face by Roddy Roddy Piper. My life's good. <laughs> my life's good, but it's easy for me to say, here's my list of mistakes and the list of mistakes my parents helped me make. Or you know, this, It's so easy. It's so easy. It is that. Yeah. Yes, it is extremely easy. Like, yeah, for many of the the things that people deeply love, like meeting someone and falling in love or having the the difficult career you want. Like if you just look at it from a certain perspective, like, well, the history of anybody trying to do this is (laughs) is horrible. Why why would you do that? Like, uh, but that's giving in to me to to cynicism. And then I think when when Yoda comes along, I think his discussion about the books is moving away from rigidity you know he says like the knowledge they held you know but Mm. but she's got that and i feel like for me to to perhaps abuse my my analogy with luke i feel like luke is trying to kind of has been kind of trying to cling to the old ways and to the books and the knowledge and the tradition uh for a little bit of safety and i think yoda's saying that like stop reading the screenplay books and just write your messy screenplay Mm -hmm. (laughs) trust yourself that it'll be good and you're going to make some mistakes. You can't control that. You, you are going to make some mistakes. It's not perfect. So just stop trying to make everything perfect, except your flaws. The one thing we absolutely have to do is be there for Ray and show her that the Jedi should continue. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you always say so wonderfully of, of episode eight takes all the big things of Star Wars, breaks them down to question them to see if they're valid and if we need them. And this is the big one. Right. And it's it's like Yoda's literally saying that to Ray or to Luke about Ray. Right. <laughs> like, no, 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 yeah. no, 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 no. Yeah. We can analyze how best to be a Jedi. She must know that it's important that Jedi exist because we need her to be one, you know. But even then, yeah. Yoda's not say that from an attachment point of view at all. But just, yeah, I, I, meta, meta. Yeah. I think just sometimes for me, the the. uh Luke uh, repeated all the mistakes, which I think, yes, he did repeat part of them. And then both Luke and, and Yoda are like, yeah, the Jedi, you know, the, the, the institution's trash. <laughs> but yeah. even if that's what's being said, it is so clearly a message of, but the Jedi are vital, they're needed. And what I, I love so many things about Luke projecting to Crate, but one of the things I love about it is Yoda is saying, you know, you need to make sure that you are there for Rey. And, and Luke says, I can't be what she needs me to be which to me opens up this this idea that he's sitting there thinking, how can I be true to myself and still be there for her and still be there, be uh, what she has asked for? And I think by projecting to Crate, he is demonstrating the value of Jedi, right? Mm-hmm. He shows why they're needed because it is another literal image of uh, the First Order and Kylo as a representation of the dark side are just going to swamp over, greedily, you know, destroy uh the resistance and then the galaxy and Luke projecting to crate is just pure defense, right? That's mm-hmm. all he's doing. He's not making the problem worse. He's just holding the dark side at bay 
while other people make their choices. He, mm-hmm. In that, he saves his sister. He gives room for Poe and Finn uh, and Rose to make all the choices they do. He makes room for Rey to literally physically use her power to make a difference. Uh, and he ends up serving the galaxy as a whole by allowing himself to be seen is this great myth. So even within this moment, it's it's him it's him being all the the reasons that the Jedi are needed. It's knowledge, it's defense, it's making room for other people to make their choices, and it's inspiring the galaxy and giving them hope. Yeah, well said indeed. And, and, and I think a lot of it, uh, we, we talk about balance uh, and, and the importance of the Jedi. I love uh, just this, we're talking about attachment, I know, but now going into the balance thing of you and I always love saying here that catchphrase, light side builds, dark side destroys. And going back to Jedi, could we we should use our powers to wipe it all, wipe everyone out, take our laser sword and cut down those walkers at the knee. Uh, that uh, sometimes needs to be done. Or if you're in the Fallen Order game, sometimes you need to hack down animals <laughs> or just stand in there. Uh, I'm kidding, of course, but oh well. Um, but I love Luke in that moment. It is true balance. It's exactly what Lor Santec is talking about. It's exactly what Rose is saying of of, of we you know we save what we love, not not fight what we hate. Uh, the light side mm-hmm. builds, and and Luke in that moment is allowing the light side to uh, build everything hiding behind that wall, so they may make their choices to uh, to rise up and to and, and defeat the first order, but not erase the dark side because you never can. That's the natural order of things, and Luke just stands as a wall between that. It's it's true balance uh, that he gets uh, by overcoming his attachment to those fears. Yeah, yeah, and I, I just so love all of those ideas in The Last Jedi that I'm I'm totally open and, and, and mostly agree with the idea of like, yeah, maybe Luke picked up some of the mistakes of the institution of the Jedi. Maybe Yoda is really agreeing uh, with that. Uh, but I think that conversation kind of slides into, yeah, the Jedi are not great. And I feel like for me, what the movie is saying is the Jedi are amazing. They are absolutely needed, especially when they, they stick the landing on their noble path, like in this moment. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. I think it's one of the big things about Last Jedi you and I keep going back to and, and sometimes in some of the uh, fun, but, uh, you know, tense off-air uh, uh, conversations and arguments I get in with friends <laughs> who don't like Last Jedi, which is a valid choice. Uh, I, I, I We always say that, but we really do mean it at the end of the day, but sometimes I just... Uh, you know, uh, you know, the the fail. They all failed. This and that. The Jedi did this. It's like you, you're not seeing the end of it, man. You're not seeing the big lessons and how that movie is saying. Yes, you need to take these chances, even if there's failure. Uh, you cannot be attached to the, that that fear of failure. There. Yep. Uh, and I will not be the last Jedi, says Luke in the film The Last Jedi. <laughs> mm-hmm. Cut to Ray. So by the rise of Skywalker, uh, Luke uh, admits to Ray that it was fear that kept him on the island. Uh, ultimately, what what do you think his fear was? What fear do you think he is talking about there? Uh, g- great question. Sometimes I, I I wonder if it was simple as uh, you know fear of more failure, fear of doing it right, fear of not finding the right way, fear of that pressure, not wanting to deal with the pressure of save, saving the galaxy. I love though what you're saying about him needing to find the right way to do both, to do right by him, what he knows he should be doing as a Jedi, and what he needs to mean to Ray and and perhaps all of it, and also to not. Um, to just not lead, lead the galaxy in any kind of darkness again. He hears that, uh, the, the summary, uh, and Ray has that very funny and endearing kind of summary of Kylo Ren has gone to the dark side. And you just kind of see Luke going, hot damn, I, I, I did it. I did what I, 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 I failed. You know, this is what I didn't want to do. Uh, and mm-hmm. it just compounds and it just keeps growing and growing and growing. And I think when she hands him that blade, 
to me, I, I don't go to one specific thing, one specific fear. I just, uh, it's so much easier to stay on that island for real. Mm-hmm. So much easier to stay on that island. And I think that's the fear uh, of, of Luke. Again, fear of more failure. Yeah, I really think that is what it's about. I feel like for me, the story is Luke shouldn't have gone to the island. Luke should have uh, tried to get through to Ben, reached out to Han and Leia. You know, I, I think he uh, he makes what he feels is this horrible mistake and he just retreats and he yeah. uh, uses actual legitimate mistakes that the Jedi have made to justify doing nothing. Yeah, um, yeah. And I think a lot of what he's saying in Last Jedi has elements of truth, but I think he is spinning that truth to justify this mistake of not getting involved. And I think what he's afraid of is a, a lack of perfection, that uh, if the great question of the Jedi is we must act, we must fight against the dark side, but how do we fight? And in particular, how do we fight in a way that won't just... Uh, escalate the violence that won't just continue the cycle. Uh, And I think that Luke is afraid that he is going to come up with the wrong answer again and that he's going to make matters worse. Right. Yeah, no, sorry. And I think it's important to know that I I don't think um, he doesn't say to Ray uh, on, in in Rise of Skywalker, he has the great, you know, line about the the lightsaber that people either love or hate or use as evidence to, (laughs) to use against uh, uh, episode eight. But I, I don't think he's like, you're right. You know what? I should have grabbed that laser sword and cut everyone down. He's not saying that. It's a total different fear. And I, I, you kind of touched on it there too, that he still needed to find the right way. And he was just afraid. Yeah. And I think maybe that that is what helps, you know, that's what gives him peace and purpose and, and frees him, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, is I I was so upset and I, I let the fear in and I let the cynicism in. Uh, and it stopped me from seeing that there were ways that I could contribute and ways that I could help, uh, that there was a way for me to fight that I'm okay with. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, want to wrap up with, uh, talking about hope. What are your hopes for the, the future of Luke Skywalker Jedi master storytelling? I mean, I'm looking forward to that book of him and Lando and Chase and Ochi and everything and kind of seeing Luke, um, uh, a little bit we we're talking about, it, and you know, we want to see him successful as a teacher, but seeing him out in the galaxy doing something, but as it, uh, uh, as it gets into something bigger, but I also want to see some of the cracks. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't love um, perfect stoic uh, uh, Luke. I'm not, that's not about anything we've seen in Mando or anything like that, but I just like, you know, I, I want to see, I want to see a little bit of uh, the fall, not a fall, but the cracks in the foundation uh, that you're continually trying to patch. Um, mm-hmm. I want to see some real world threats. You're chasing, if there's some shadows of darkness that you and Lando are going around the galaxy trying to find out, I mean, that's that's where some of the fear might start setting in for Luke. I just wouldn't want to uh, have some real, real, uh, and, and realistic adventures with Luke. Not perfect Jedi Knight going around doing everything right. I want some of those moments, but I don't want it all the way through. Yeah, I want a person with good intentions and great power really trying their best to do the right thing. And I think that that story of like, uh, there's a darkness out there. Uh, I really need to be addressing it. it. It's it's it sounds like it could be a a, a book that's about very good intentions, uh, but that we know it has some element of tragedy because he was on the right path, right? Of knowing that there is still this darkness out mm-hmm. there that's whispering to Kylo, like how or to Ben at that time, mm-hmm. like how close did he get to, you know, understanding 
that that there was something that needed to be stopped, you know? Uh, so I'm very excited for that book and to see how that all plays out, as well as just having some fun Luke adventures. And I totally agree with you. What I want for future Luke Skywalker Jedi Master storytelling is I don't want utter perfection and I don't want just here here's uh, luke skywalker makes another you know mistake of hubris where he leans onto (laughs) jedi teachings too i don't want it to be either way i I want to see this full and complex character which is to me uh an incredibly uh powerful balanced jedi with great heart and great compassion in the best of intentions who also slips into hubris and makes mistakes. That's a complex, real, interesting character. And I, mm. I want to see both those failures, which I feel like we've kind of seen a lot of. <laughs> yeah. uh, and I also want to see his triumphs. I want to see him truly helping people. I want to see him keeping that balance that he talked about in The Last Jedi as well. Mm. Um, I, I think for me that, you know, much like the Clone Wars animated series, a lot of that show does deal with here are the little steps uh, along the way of the Jedi failing and of Anakin failing. Um, but it's also, it, it's also celebratory because you see these moments of their good intention and their compassion and their caring and their relationships and their fun. And I would like some of that for, for Luke Skywalker. I would love to see the good days uh, with both Luke and Ben, you know, because just because of bad things happens, it doesn't mean that the good stuff doesn't matter. And I would love to spend some time with uh, some of the good stuff as well. Absolutely. Uh, I'd also like a, um, a Moss Eisley uh, high school class reunion episode, which is him, Fixer and Cammy. <laughs> what you went up to? <laughs> I'm still so curious to see if uh, Fixer and Cammy are having that conversation. Of, did, did you hear Wormy, like, I guess, save the galaxy? Like from, I guess he blew up the Death Star and then he helped defeat Vader and Palpatine. Yeah, um, well. Anyway, you want another round? <laughs> I thought he went off to do improv in San Francisco. What's, what's now he's doing this? Okay. Yes, and he <laughs> saved the galaxy. Amazing, amazing. Well, thank you, Ken, for helping me uh, work through my feelings. I hope you work through your feelings as well. Oh no, same as well. Uh, same as same same as well. Same 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 to you, sir. <laughs> same to you. <laughs> um, I uh, I absolutely uh, uh, sorry. As we're talking, there's the lights are going out in my apartment or my my office in my house here. I'm wondering if it's the force. Um, it's really weird. Uh, sorry, everybody. Uh, yeah, no, uh, as I said up top, I, I love exploring this stuff and, and, and going back and getting new, uh, new thoughts, new context. And some of this stuff could change. I think overall, it's always going to, going to kind of be the same, but more Luke content, more Grogu content. We'll be able to revisit these conversations and, and have them. And I love exploring all this stuff with you here on Force Center. Yeah, I agree. I think what I really love about Star Wars is I, I think it is uh, ultimately when you dig into it, I think it's complex and nuanced. I think it's about real characters who make hard choices and sometimes make great choices and have like beautiful heroic moments. And I think other times they they definitely make mistakes. And a lot of times it's it's somewhere in between. And, and within that is what's all uh, very fascinating to me, because like you said at the top of this podcast, it, then it does become a reflection of real life of, you know, uh, I, I'm not, uh, I don't have a laser sword and I can't move rocks with my mind, but just like the Jedi, I can try my very best to be on a noble path and, and do my best to be the, the best version of myself. And that's why I find it all so inspiring and, uh, and welcome all the different viewpoints, uh, because I don't want to be too rigid about my opinions <laughs> and want to question them as well. Absolutely. All right. You want to let uh, people know where they can find us? 
We are the Force Center podcast feed. We can be found on Twitter at Force Center Pod. We're on Instagram and we rebroadcast uh, episodes on YouTube as well. Our Facebook page is Force Center Podcast. We're available on a lot of different spots, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, and more. Merch available at tpublic.com slash user slash Force Center. We are wrapping up our uh, series, our exclusive series on the companion called Databank Dive. Go to the companion, uh, the sci-fi app, uh, download on your phone, sign up, and you can listen to Databank Dive. We have uh, our final episode coming out soon, and we might do more in the future. We don't know, but it's been a lot of fun doing uh, this specific fun dive in on uh, that show. You can support us directly on patreon.com slash center. From there, you get into our Discord. We can have a nice, fun uh, daily conversation with Star Wars fans. Uh, you can follow me at Catnapsock. Go to my website, catnapsock.com. We always do like to highlight kind of charities or causes outside of the Star Wars galaxy that we support and believe in in the real world. I've been focusing on the fine folks at St. Baldrick's, uh, which is a great organization that raises uh, funds to help research and uh, battle and hopefully maybe one day defeat childhood cancers. They have some great shave events going on. My friend uh, Jeff Saunders is uh, going uh, doing one in uh, Texas on on um, March 4th. You can find out all that information at stbaldricks.org. Joseph. That is all great stuff. You can find me on social media, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok is at Joseph Scrimshaw. And you can check out all of my other adventures on my website, josephscrimshaw.com. I want to continue to highlight uh, the great organization Illuminative. Here is the description of the group. Uh, created and led by Native peoples, Illuminative is a new nonprofit initiative designed to increase the visibility of and challenge the negative narrative about Native nations and peoples in American society. If you're interested in finding out more, you can go to their website at illuminatives.org. But for now, for myself, for Ken, for Luke Skywalker, and all of his choices, this has been Force Center. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Welcome back to Two Judgy Girls. I'm Mary from the Bay. And I'm Courtney from L.A. TJG is the podcast where we spill all the tea on your favorite reality TV shows, celebrity gossip, and everything in between. We're here to bring you our unfiltered opinions, hilarious commentary, and plenty of laughs along the way. We're two SDSU Delta Gamma sisters with a microphone and a whole lot of opinions. Each week, we dive headfirst into the wild world of reality television from Bravo to all the trash TV you could want. We break down the drama, dissect the latest scandals, and share our thoughts on everything from the jaw-dropping moments to the embarrassing antics. But that's not all. We're not here to just gossip. We're here to connect with you, the jurors, and share our love of all things pop culture. Whether we're dishing on the latest celebrity breakups, discussing our favorite guilty pleasure movies, or sharing embarrassing stories from our own lives, we promise to keep it real, keep it fun, and keep you coming back for more. Come judge with us. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com. <laughs> 